0: damn good coffee and hot and the screen just doesn't fade in time anyway good morning folks happy new year it is monday the start of a new week and it is january 2nd the start of a new year which is really not the start of a new year because yesterday was the start of a new year but a lot of people are um celebrating new year's or recognizing new year's day have off today it's good to see you folks here and uh my pleasure to be alive and with you this morning how are you um a lot to talk about today i want to talk about the peewee correction uh seems i put out some misinformation about peewee and i'll talk about that i want to talk about the cox situation uh I mean Brian Cox. And it's not really a situation. It's just uh something that he said that made me go. Oh. I could talk a little bit about the uh final dump, the final dump of uh <laughs> of the old year. That light a little hot. That light's a little hot, isn't it? On the bald head there. Anyway, um the final dump. In regards to Trump and January 6th committee, pretty damning stuff, man. And I know you don't want to. You don't want to talk about that kind of stuff, do you? There were some headlines I wanted to talk about before I even get to the pee wee correction and the cock stuff. I do have to get out of here be, a little bit early today, before ten, because um, I have a Zoom meeting. I have to be on at ten because not everybody, uh, not every business takes off. And some people are working today, fools that they are. Um, And I spent the the weekend doing some reels, uh, the William Conway clip about eating asses up and it's um, amusing. Uh, It's difficult to cut that into a reel because it goes on for about two and a half minutes, and reels have to be under a minute and there was nothing really that I wanted to cut out of that. It was all good, so I did a real a sixty second version which kind of sucks. it doesn't give you the whole story and then I did a video, a short video which was three and a half minutes long of him talking about discovering the joys of a tongue in your head. <laughs> uh <clears throat> I didn't want to read what so. One of the trending stories this morning, and this is just bad headline writing or something, bad, bad use of language, I think. It says staying hydrated is linked to lower risk of disease, faster aging, and early death, study finds. Now, you could read that as I did when I first woke up. In a, so, if you just take out the first part and the way it reads, really, staying hydrated—staying hydrated—is linked to a lower risk of disease. That's a good thing, but it's also uh, linked to faster aging and early death. Well, fuck water, <laughs> early, age, faster aging and early death. Who wants any of that? It doesn't mean that it means lower risk of faster aging but the way it's written it's just poor english that's a terrible job of headline writing the other thing that's trending right below that is <clears throat> biblical site where jesus healed the blind man excavated for public view a firm scripture Antiquities Authority, the Israel National Parks Authority, and the City of David Foundation announced days before the new year that the Pool of uh, Siloam, a biblical site cherished by Christians and Jews, will be open to the public for the first time in 2,000 years in the near future. The Pool of Siloam, I don't know, I'm probably not saying that right, I'm no biblical scholar, uh, ex- excavation is highly significant to Christians around the world. American Pastor John Hagee, the founder of the cha- and chairman of the uh, Christians United for Israel, told Fox News Digital, your most uh, trustworthy Fox News Digital, it was at this site that Jesus healed the blind man, and it is at this site two thousand years ago that Jewish pilgrims cleansed themselves prior to entering the Second Temple. So there's that in the news. I got to do something with this light. It's a little too hot. Nobody loves a hot light. Do they love a hot light? Turn on your hot. You know what? I could go back up with the hot light and down with the overall uh, exposure. There we go. Ooh, nine. I could be bright. I could be a bright man. I could be a very bright man. That's better. That's better. Now I'm comfortably in my vampire darkness. Okay. The Cox thing. (laughs) Uh, Brian Cox. Brian Cox is like the uh, Nigel from Spinal Tap of uh, physics geniuses. He kind of looks like a rock star. He has this sort of mildly effeminate British uh, way about him. He could be like he could be a Bay City Roller, of physicist. Anyway, uh, he was talking about the Fermi paradox. Y'all you know, familiar with the Fermi paradox? Raise your hand out there if you're familiar with the Fermi paradox. Nobody, nobody's raising their hand. The Fermi paradox is uh, Enrico Fermi uh, back in the days of uh, they were working on the Manhattan Project and enrico fermi was a physicist who uh, asked the question if aliens exist if intelligent life is in out there in the universe where that where are they now some people might argue that we've seen them everybody and we've have evidence of them we've seen them they've been here but they never present themselves to the brian Coxes or the enrico fermi's of the world they always uh, present themselves to the Travis Waltons of the world. These, you know, And how are they that good at selecting rednecks and avoiding, like, legitimate scientists? They, they're really clever, these aliens. Anyway, so <laughs> from the physicist's standpoint, we have not seen them. We have, So where are they? If they're out there, if intelligent life is abundant in the universe, how come we have no, how come they're not here? There's a lot of conjecture on that. Nobody really knows the answer to that question. But it surprised me that Brian Cox actually made the argument, because Brian Cox is one of the guys I really respect, and he made the argument that they're not, we haven't found them because there's a strong possibility they don't exist. Whoa, wait a minute. I have been under the assumption my whole life, well, as long as I could think about these things, that the math makes it almost impossible for them not to exist. Oh, nay, 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 says Mr. Cox. I like the name Cox. I should name my, I've changed my name to Matt Cox. Just because I like saying it. But, uh <laughs> so the math, because you, math definitely indicates or suggests that life exists elsewhere in the universe. But intelligent life, nay, nay, nay. And Brian Cox makes the, um, Well, how do you? Good good morning, William. William's in there. Uh, I don't explain the the declassified reports from pilots about flying orbs in the sky. Flying orbs are not are not direct proof of intelligent life elsewhere in the universe. Um, They are proof that pilots who are used to flying see are seeing things that they're not used to seeing or you wouldn't expect to see that's what they're proof of they are not proof of intelligent life from other planets elsewhere in the universe we could make that conjecture but that's not proof proof would be hey we're here and you don't see that and why not and so there's lots of conjecture about why not Um. But very few physicists have ever come out and said, why, the why not is because they don't exist. And here's where we go with this. If we take the math that suggests that with billions of billions of stars that could have solar systems like ours, that could have planets in habitable uh, distance from those stars, that might have an atmosphere that contains water on the planet, all the conditions that we see, Earth-like planets, for lack of a full description, chances are there's billions of those. And so the chance of life happening on those planets, pretty good. But Brian Cox makes the argument that the thing that happened that took single cell bacteria and uh the catalyst that created complex organisms complex life cell splitting and reproducing in 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 the way they did and uh the growth of um complex life was far less Probable than any of us can have ever really imagined and he breaks it down mathematically to the chances of that happening are so rare that it's quite likely there is no other intelligent life that earth is a special planet where the these things happened only once uh William keeps coming back. Good morning, William. And uh, and the objects in the atmosphere moving in ways that defy everything we know about physics, that's pretty conclusive of nothing other than we see anomalies that we don't understand. That is not proof of intelligent life. Sure, you know, that's like saying, uh, well, you know, cavemen saw fire. They didn't understand that. Well, that's proof. No, seeing things you don't understand is not proof of anything. You can conject all you want about that. Proof is actual contact. Proof is actual communication. You can speculate all day long about, well, I don't understand what that is, and we do see that. But to say, oh, well, that's proof that there's intelligent life from other planets, no, you, listen, It comes down to this. You have seen things in the sky you did not understand that turned out to be our government, the United States government, or sometimes maybe other countries. You see that stuff all the time. We see things that we don't understand that have explanations that are not necessarily tied. To alien, intelligent alien life. Now, you can want to believe that, and you can say, you can certainly make a hypothesis, well, maybe that's aliens. You're allowed to do that. But you don't have proof. You don't have communication. You don't have contact. And that is the Fermi paradox right there. Why has there been no communication? Why has there been no contact? And some people would argue there has been uh, contact. Travis Walton would make that. Uh, Barney Frank would make that, not Barney Frank, What the Barney, Betty and Betty, what was their last name? Barney and Betty. Um, I can't remember their last name. But you know what I'm saying, they, lots of people have said that they've been contacted or abducted or all that kind of stuff. People see things, people experience things. That's not proof. Even if you see something you can't explain. That's not proof. That's something you can't explain. Talking about uh, first-hand accounts of visual contact. I listened to some of these pilots. No. You've listened to some of these pilots. That's not first-hand contact. Listen to what you say. First-hand contact is, hello, William, how are you? William writes back to me, I'm talking about First hand accounts of uh, first hand accounts of seeing things they don't understand and surmising the experience, putting conjecture and speculation on what it might be. And none of those pilots have ever said, none to mine, uh, uh, that they're absolutely, (laughs) and even if they did say this, it wouldn't matter much, it's just opinion. Uh, They're absolutely sure this was intelligent. Life from another planet making contact with them. They saying "I see no plane I know of reacts that way. No plane I know is capable of doing that. No human uh, man-made craft is capable of doing that. That's not proof. Of, that's not proof of contact. Not proof of communication. Communication is what we're doing right here, right now, and there has been none of that." None of that on the level. You know, again, they always seem to be able to pick out the most unreliable sources on the ground to abduct. They never, ever abduct Brian Cox, uh, Michu, or Stephen Hawking. They never abduct those people. I'm not saying they don't exist. I'm saying this is the first time I've heard... A really, really, um, a guy on the forefront of leadership of this kind of investigation and serious thought say the, there's a strong possibility that there is no intelligent life elsewhere in the universe. And he breaks it down with, you know, mathematical analysis of why that's true. And to me, it was mind-blowing to hear somebody of Brian Cox stature say that. I'm not saying I agree with him, but uh, he makes a damn good case. Uh, you're talking, Mike, good morning, Mike. Mike says you're only talking about life under the definition that we understand, carbon-based life forms needing water. What is pot No, Mike, you just totally missed the point. Brian Cox uh, uh he definitely said the cha- the odds of life existing elsewhere in the universe is almost certain. It's the the math shows that it would you know basically uh, you could to infinity percent chance that life exists elsewhere in the universe. Intelligent life maybe you missed this part of the conversation. Intelligent life is a whole other miracle when things go from just singular cell life forms to expanded life forms and complex life forms and life forms that can actually think and have consciousness. The, what created that in Brian Cox's mathematical explanation of it is so rare as to negate billions and billions of planets and possibilities of places where it could happen. The odds are so small that it's quite probable in his estimation, we live on the only planet that ever had intelligent life. It was mind-blowing to me to hear Brian Cox talk about that. And I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. No, Mike. Oh, my God. Intelligent life, there's only one definition of that. Intelligence, there's... (laughs) Life that can think, life that can have consciousness. Your favorite word... Consciousness and thinking—that—that that, go ahead. have you got other definitions of it, define it. The, the idea that oh well, somewhere in some other universe, they might define life differently. In order to define life, you have to have intelligence and consciousness. This this idea that uh, endless possibilities. Again, there are some objective truths, and you know there. You know the. We can come back to real simple, real simple. The block, the circle, and the square, and the, and the, and the star. Objective truth. You can't just keep going. Oh, well, other places might define it differently. If they're defining it, they're thinking, and in, <laughs> in order to think, that's what we're talking about. We're a life form that can think. And you can't say, well, there's another definition of life form that can think, if but you can't think of it. That's just silly. What is this? Sure, the probe network of mushrooms and roots communicating underground.
1: On Earth? that's not a different
0: uh, explanation of intelligent life that is exact same definition of complex thinking life there's only one right but (laughs) proven what proven what that those are complex life forms that think and have consciousness Again, that's not a new definition. Same definition. There's only one definition of that. You can't just keep, uh, you know, oh, I I can't figure it out, So I'm just going to say, well, what if? That's not that's not you know independent thinking. Well, oh, well, I could just keep you know. Well, maybe, well, maybe forever. There are objective truths. There's one kind one. Definition of intelligent life and consciousness. Well, you can ask people what consciousness was, and they'll give you a different def- definition. But the idea of thinking and being able to be self-aware and doing things that can, can call, be called communication well, you, you can define that any way you want. If it didn't, it, the chances of it happening anywhere else in the universe are pretty small, really small according to Brian Cox. Now, I'm not going to make his case for him. You should go out and listen to him yourself. I'm not sure I'm even convinced by it. But it's, it's funny how we want to believe. We want to believe, and so we will go out on limbs to try to argue against that point. Um, interdimensional. <laughs> Again, in order to to have that, you have to have the ability to think. There's only one definition for that. And you you can want to believe there's more, and you're definitely free to do that, but you're kidding yourself. You know, uh, intelligent life is what it is. It is what it is. I'm going to move on from here. I I suggest, and I will link in uh, in the description, uh, the talk about the Fermi Project, uh, Fermi uh, Paradox from Brian Cox, and you can make your own decisions on that. Do thoughts exist on a physical level, or are constrained to chemical or electric impulses? That has nothing to do with the con- with, with the conversation. It's It's not (laughs) it's about life forms being able to go to the point of having thoughts and stuff, being able to advance from single cell bacteria that absolutely have no consciousness, no thoughts, no none of that. They just exist, but they were alive. For them to become and develop into an intelligent life form took an extraordinary step an extraordinary step now the um, is again it comes down to mathematics and odds i think if i'm still inclined to think even after hearing brian cox talk about it that billions and billions of chances probably is pretty likely but he, he he Better at math than I am. And me breaks it down to a convincing argument. But I think it's still probably pretty likely that there is intelligent life out there. But I'm not Brian Cox. And I'm not a I'm not a leader in this field. And uh, dare I say, neither is anybody in my chat room right now. <laughs> not even close. None of us are. Um Sorry if that hurts, <laughs> but that's the truth. None of us really are, are uh, even close to being qualified to be in that discussion with Brian Cox. I'm moving on to the peewee stuff. I put out um, a short video from Carl and Jamie were with me back. I, I guess it was over this summer. Jamie had a um, a injured hand uh, that he hurt trying to impress his son in a rugby game, and all the coaches and other players saw it. It was quite embarrassing for him. Uh, the conversation turned to me asking him, um, I'm going from, from Cox to Pee Wee, um, asking him if he could still, you know, jerk off <laughs> and he said oh yeah yeah and but then he made the comment that sometimes well first of all it was right around the time the queen passed so he said his right hand was taking the day off in honor of the queen so he was jerking off with his left hand but then he said sometimes i choose to uh jerk off with my left hand and i said i think you're lying And my reason for thinking he was lying was what I stated was Pee Wee Herman's court case. Now, 1991, keep that in mind. We'll come back to 1991. 1991, Pee Wee Herman was arrested in a porn theater in Sarasota, Florida for jerking off. The sheriff wrote the report that he was jerking off with his left hand. Now, I made the... uh, I put out this misinformation that I'm correcting right now that Pee Wee was acquitted because he got a Masters and Johnson's uh, certified clinician to come in and testify that uh, it was impossible to reach orgasm with your non-dominant hand. Turns out Pee Wee pleaded no contest there was no trial. But immediately after the trial, he went to the press and said he would have won his trial. He did not want a long, prolonged trial. So that's why he pleaded no contest. But he was prepared to have a Masters and Johnson certified uh, clinician come in and testify that you can't bring yourself to orgasm uh, with your non-dominant hand. Now, I did my due diligence yesterday and tried to find a case study from Masters and Johnson and can't find it anywhere. That doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Maybe it means my research skills are not all that good. But I spent a good, yeah, i say 90 minutes uh, trying to Google, trying to find any kind of study from Masters and Johnsons about the ability to reach orgasm with your non-dominant hand. Could not find one. I saw many that suggest that a lot of people often masturbate with their non-dominant hand just to switch things up. But it didn't didn't conclude that they were able to reach orgasm using their non-dominant hand. So that's still up in the air, which is why I still have the... uh, And Kelly, now here's where it gets interesting. Kelly said she wanted to, does it include women? Because I think I can do it. And I said, well, yes, of course. Uh, you know, people are people. Left hand, right hand, whatever. So your non-dominant hand doesn't matter if you're male or female. So I, uh, I challenge, she's challenged. Everybody's challenged. Try to do it. I, I'll be honest with you. Um, I could probably can't do it even with my dominant hand now. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's been a long time, but um, so I'm probably not up for the challenge myself, but I'm challenging everybody within the sound of my voice uh, to masturbate with your non-dominant hand and report back whether you're able to come or not. Now, in Kelly's instance, she's off today and she doesn't seem to be in the chat room, but I would suggest that she do it on air. Now, we don't have to see below the waist. We could just, but... It would be good for ratings. <laughs> oh, ratings didn't. It? it would be good for visibility. It would be good. It would make it a wonderful reel if she would come on the program and masturbate for us with her non-dominant hand and what we'll, we'll give it the whole hour, whatever it takes. I feel a little bit sternish here, trying just suggesting this. This is like lesbian dial date, or this is um, non-dominant hand masturbate. Uh, and the challenge is out there, so when Kelly is here, I wanna um, reaffirm that um, that challenge and hopefully she'll take us up on it and actually come on the air, come on the air with her non dumb hand <laughs> again, we don't have uh, listen the challenge if any guy wants to try it well again, we don't have to see um below. See, I could probably, if, uh, it feels even awkward just suggesting my left hand. Just, uh, I don't think I, uh, listen, again, I don't think it, w- it would even work with my right hand at this point. Um, but we should, you know, I'll put it out there for any guy who wants to do it to Any girl, any guy who is willing to come on and give it a try. The old college try. This is for the name of science, by the way. This is real science. This is, this is the kind of proof that science requires, I think. Anyway. Um, so I just wanted to clear that up. That the Now, it opens up, remember 1991, I said I would come back to that. Opens up a lot of questions. 1991. I believe even DVDs were out by then. I could be wrong about that. But certainly VHS, everybody had VHS in 1991. I'm pretty sure DVDs were out in 1991. You could do the research on that and find out. But the question is, why go to a porn theater in 1991? You know, again, I kind of discussed this with Carl and Jamie, that back in the 70s, when I was a teenager going to porn theaters, they were disgusting Places to be. Nobody would want to be there. And if you're going to, if your plan is just to, you know, jerk off, wouldn't you be more comfortable doing that at home, in your hotel room, whatever reason you're in Florida? I guess he was in Florida for, maybe he lived there, but I'm thinking he was at a hotel. Maybe he was there doing some show busy. Maybe he lived there. But again, why 1991? Why would he be there? I'm thinking and sue me for libel, if you will, Pee Wee, Paul Rubens. I'm thinking there was something else, some other reason to be there. It was not just masturbation, if you follow my drift. Now, what might that other reason for him actually being there be? Could be, uh, well, it could be something as innocent as... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> innocent as what maybe he was there to get Girl Scout cookies or maybe he was there for some kind of illicit meet up of some kind which makes a whole lot more sense again why I don't, I'm surprised that they even had porn theaters still in 1991 with all the technology that said do it yourself at home so why would anybody be there if not a surreptitious uh, meet-up place, a a clandestine I don't know, rendezvous. <laughs> Did he get my thesaurus out today? Uh, where where am I coming up with that? But seriously, there, that's why I think he pleaded no contest. Now, I will go back to the Masters and Johnson stuff, and I don't think I think he made that up and I bought into it and I repeated it as if it were fact. I'm not sure if the news coverage fucked that up because I could swear. Now I would be wrong in swearing, but I could swear the story was out that he was acquitted, but it turns out he pleaded no contest. Now, no contest, and it brings up even another question, because I don't, you know, it's weird that courts allow you to plead no contest. How do you plead? Do you plead guilty? you plead, you know, not guilty? No contest. Well, generally, if you plead guilty, they make you allocute to reduce your sentence. Whatever it was, he did not go to jail for it. Maybe paid a something fine for it, but courts generally, if you say no contest, they're going to hold you to the highest sentencing the law will allow, because you're basically thumbing your nose at at the court and the, and the police system in general. You're refusing to plead guilty, but you're not going to go through a trial because you know, you're, you, know you just want it over with, and courts want. You'd be guilty or not guilty in the justice system. So pleading non contest, and I know what it happens. It's happened in lots of cases. Uh, William says, i pretty sure he's given community service." Well, look it up. Come on, let's look that up. Uh, verdict or sentence for Pee Wee Herman? Sentence for we Wee? In Jerkoff case? No. Jerkoff case? Did he get community service? But so, okay. So, community service. I don't know what to say. Uh, Paul Pee Wee's Nightmare. It says Paul room is living out every man, every boy's worst man, his alleged having been seen touching himself. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Where does it say Pee Wee started circulating with. It, I'm just looking for where it says about uh, what he was sentenced to. There were no witnesses to the event other than the one uh, of the undercover officers assigned to stake at the theater. Now, there were no other witness. There were no witnesses to uh, to the event other than the one undercover officers, one of the undercover officers assigned to stake at the theater. Masturbation is apparently such a grave public threat in Sarasota that the sheriff's office assigned not one but three detectives to infiltrate the place and watch for flapping elbows. So that would suggest, since they were staking out the place and watching it, that the kind of um meetup that I was talking about, probably highly unlikely, because I would think well unless they went there met and said okay let's go back to my seedy motel room or whatever um but doesn't say anything about doesn't say anything about a sentence in this article i'm trying to get to the bottom of man it's a long article um i can't believe they would write this much i i well i would talking about it for quite a while but uh this is a lot this is like 2,000 words at least, yeah. Uh, Pee Wee's behavior was ideologically abnormal because other people had more power than him and they could arrest him for doing it. Well, blah, 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 blah. Um, blah, blah, blah. He gets arrested in one. Po- no, and it just keeps going on and on, but nothing about the sentence. But, again, I don't think it matters exactly. The thought is what the sentence was could be irrelevant. The, the, what's relevant is what would the would the sentence have been different if he had pleaded guilty or had he gone to trial and been uh, acquitted? It would have been no sentence. But if he had been uh, gone to trial and pleaded not guilty and was convicted would it have been worse if he had pleaded not guilty would it have been less that's the question uh, he says he could have been he became more infamous because of his uh, misdemeanors than probably anyone would uh, he could think of uh, this, this is an interview with Stone Phillips I don't know I don't know. Do your research and find out. Did he, uh, um, did he actually? Because I can't. I'm not finding it, and I don't have time for this stuff. Uh, do community service? Did he pay a fine? What was the thing? I like Williams' season clip better. Um, yeah, I think. Well, uh, I have to say I don't know if I. Uh, I did post this somewhere that uh, Twitter says uh, we put a warning on one or more of your tweets because they might have might contain sensitive content. If you think this warning was a mistake, you can appeal. I don't want to appeal. I want to celebrate. You did the right thing there, Twitter. Uh, Very sensitive content. Uh, Actually, it's something I you could do that Twitter if you're listening. You could do that on every single thing I've ever posted, and I would be fine with that. It, it keeps, you know, he's saying shit that might upset you. If you don't like it, don't read it. Please. I Facebook, you should do the same thing. Every social media should do the same thing to me. Put a warning label on me. Everywhere I go. You know, in public, they should just have a warning label on my forehead. This man might might say things that you find insensitive or might upset you. If you don't want to listen to them, walk away now. I wouldn't I would endorse that. That's a good idea. Put a warning label on me. That's that. Uh so if you're not familiar with the ass eating table, you know, ass eating clip. I think I called it axe eating. Oh, oh, by the way, uh, Kiara seems to be uh, losing her uh, Christian values. She sent me a parody that she is working on of um, what a wonderful world, full of vulgarities and profanities. I won't play it to embarrass her. I don't know what was going on on New Year's Eve, but uh, maybe she was in some kind of weird mood or something. Um, the accident clip, William was describing... Well, because it started by talking about cannibalism, 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 cannibalism. Maybe a little more coffee is, is required here. And the conversation evolved and, it, and we got to the point where William said, listen, just don't eat people. It's not a cool thing to do. If you're going to eat people, just stick to the vagina and the ass. And I no, no, it's nay on the ass, nay, nay and uh then we and then he tried to convince me why why he why he got converted and how he got converted into a guy who um completely endorses the ass eating lifestyle i do think well i'm certain i don't just think it hygienically probably a risky behavior for some people and Carl has talked about this, about always having a load in a chamber, it's extremely risky.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but even be- even aside having a, a load, a ready load in a the chamber, there are, re- you know, germs are spread that way. Uh, lots of, um, infections happen that way. Yes, lots of infections happen that way. And it's just not what I would consider. It doesn't fall under the the realm of safe sex, in my opinion. Not the safest sex, anyway. Uh, so for those reasons, I would abstain. But, uh, then it comes down to, well, if you try it, you might like it, and blah, blah, blah. It, listen if i tried it i might like it but the chances of me uh trying it at this point in my life are less than intelligent life being on other planets not gonna happen no woman is going to eat my ass and if she does i don't want to know her what kind of skank would think would want to eat my dirty fucking ass I'm sorry, YouTube. Uh, maybe I'm going too far today. You could put a warning label on me. But really, what kind of skank would, would have any interest? And if she did, get away from me, you gross person. Now, um, conversely, I can't imagine me seeing any woman. I can't imagine it. It's beyond my scope of imagination that I would see any woman and say, I want to eat her ass. I just wouldn't. So it's not going to happen. So I will never be converted. And if I'm missing out on something that might might be, might be feel good for a moment, listen, there are other things I've missed out on that might feel good in the moment. I never tried heroin. I've told by people who have, that it feels good, I will miss out on that. Lots of, of those kind of things that I will miss out on, and not not lose any sleep over missing out on it. So, air seating is probably top of the list. Top of the list. I won't. I won't be doing any of that. Um. Now, um. Politically today. I know you hate when I talk politics, but I'm not gonna get really too deep into the politics of it yes, uh some oh man, this guy is fucking unbelievable. um what was I saying? Oh politically, today is the day the new Congress takes over and the Republican Party will have some infighting over who the new Speaker of the House will be. Kevin McCarthy wants wants it more than William wants his ass eaten. Um, but a lot of people in the party uh, don't want that. Now he's going out of his way to make promises. If you if you vote for me for Speaker of the House, I'll eat your ass. Uh, he's making promises he can't keep. He's promising seats on committees beyond the number of seats that are on committees. He just plans on, you know, giving away more seats than he's got in order, you know, trying to buy votes. And w- as soon as they figure that out, so I expect today, not it's not going to be like um, a January 6th, uh, 2021 type of uh, event it is going to be um, a lot of name calling, a lot of shouting, a lot of going on the news for sound bites. A lot of that will be happening today. Beyond that, there is um, the final dump, as I mentioned, of um, the January sixth committees uh investigation stuff and it's a trove of really damning stuff against trump and so we ca- it all comes back to a lot of mug uh, all comes back to trump eventually all come back on him being the one who quite honestly admitted that he knew the election was not stolen i just don't want people to, to know we lost is what he said to Mark Meadows. I just don't want people who know I lost. Pitiful. And willing to burn down the country, willing to put his, his loyal henchman, Mike Pence, in danger. Because I don't want people who know I lost.
1: I don't want people who know I lost.
0: And the amount of, people who were loyal to him being really upset on that day it's just uh it's pretty stunning to see people like hope hope hicks hope hicks has been one of the most loyal trump supporters ever and she had had enough on that day now she was looking out for herself and thinking you know what am I going to do with the rest of my life? I'm going to be cast for the rest of my life as a domestic terrorist, is what she said in private text to Ivanka. Um, Donald Jr. seemed to have no memory of the day or the weeks leading up to it. Just He can remember lots of things, but nothing about that. But his text, his private text, reveals something much bigger. Um, about the fake electors scheme and the plot to <clears throat> install fake electors to hold on to the presidency. The first mention of that that's in any documentation comes from a text from Junior to Mark Meadows. Mark Meadows was Trump's, uh, you know, chief of staff, and so where and. Under oath, Junior says he just cut and pasted that. Well, where did he cut and paste that from? Who who gave you that idea? Well, I don't remember. Really, you don't remember. Um turns out it was the old man that came up with that idea. The Godfather tries to insulate himself completely. You know, he doesn't text anybody directly except once in a while, family members. And so the idea, this whole thing comes back to, because this is a very um, slippery slope here into complete treason and wanting to overthrow the government. Donald Trump planned it. He is the architect of treason. Will he be charged? i said this many times, probably not. He, I would be good if he were indicted, but when, then once he's indicted, how does he get a fair trial in the United States of America? An uh, unbiased jury is impossible to find. Unless they're, you know, like Mike's definition of intelligent life, <laughs> in another dimension... they don't exist you can't have anybody in the united states who has a fair unbiased opinion of donald trump so that said we can't have a fair trial we can't convict them there's no prosecutors don't bring charges if they can't win and especially if they can't even get it to trial if they know they can't pick a fair jury. What's the point in the indictment? It's symbolic? Who, you know, we've had enough symbolism. We need accountability, and we're not going to get it. Sadly, that's my prediction. You can hold me to that, uh, and I will uh, stand by it. And if I look foolish in the end, I look foolish in the end. But I do think there is no way... Uh, and, and this comes down to because <laughs> I know I I start sentences and don't finish them a lot. We talk about independent thinking, and people ev- almost everybody you hear is mimicking the words of others. I have not heard one other person share the ideas that I've put out there. No, I, and if you have, call me on it and say, "Well, you know what? You know who else is saying that." I don't think anybody else, any political pundit is saying that Donald Trump can't receive a fair trial in the United States of America and therefore probably won't be charged just on that basis. I think I'm re- honestly and I listen to a lot of political pundits with their opinions a lot. I don't think anybody is saying that right or left. Oh, by the way, we got the new phone line. We got the phone lines working back again. I reinstalled Loopback, and for the rest of the week, we will be taking phone calls. I may have Jamie Utley on the program sometime this week or early next week. Jamie Utley is a comedian out of Kentucky. He's been making me laugh every day for about a month uh i had invited him on the program before but then i touched base with him over the weekend i said you got to come on the show man you're, you're cracking me up and he agreed so we'll we'll pick a date for him other than that i did put out uh help wanted ads and intern boards and stuff i definitely want to have a co-host moving into this year at some point We're going to pick a uh we're going to get somebody on here who's uh part of the team, part of the morning show with a regular... Because I did think uh, that Kiera's uh, contribution to the show was good and strong and and moving the show in a direction that I wanted to take it in. It shouldn't be about me just talking, whether I have a guest or not. It shouldn't be about just me talking. We need more... more ideas more contribution about what's real what matters to people she was with the happy news stuff and that's fine uh I, i'm i'm willing to go in any direction with that than anybody can, comes up with so so i put that out there i did get some responses people uh uh, you're already on the show. You you can be on Williams says, Where do I play? You can be on the show anytime you want. You can, wanna have a, a set segment, William's uh laugh of the day, whatever you want to have. You're welcome to do that. Um but uh you know, you know, to be honest with you, I'm gonna be perfectly honest now. You know, I'm not saying this too loud so nobody'll hear me. I prefer a hot chick. I prefer a hot young chick. Yeah, what? Hi. Hi. Okay, uh, that's the show for today. I got to go. I got to go get on a Zoom call. Um, you know, and I'm. you hear me say this all the time. But sometime in the near future, I will be doing this again, full time again. Now, I'm back to Wednesday night doing Mind Dog TV program at night, just one night a week. This Wednesday, I will have... Um, I forgot her name already. <laughs> she is a, a former contestant from the first year of American Idol. who I don't know. She didn't finish that year because she got sick or something. And now she's an author and kids' book teacher. Um, So, so she'll be with me Wednesday night. And I don't remember her name. I'm sorry about that. I could get her name. Wait. Don't be so shallow. Get her name. It's – uh oh, no. I don't have – that's not – This week, is it? (laughs) Uh, Maybe I'm wrong about all this. No, it's not her this week. I don't know when she's going to be on. Oh, Leona. Leone Althea? Is that? Yeah, that's. uh, She won't be with me till January 18th. This week, I have David Breacher. See that? I was way off. Anyway. All right. That's it. I'm out. Have a great day. Um, I'll see you tomorrow, hopefully. Uh, Happy New Year, folks. Bye. (laughs)